Welcome to this edition of So Important. For over 20 years, from 1974 to 1996, the Ramones played their unique mix of punk, rock and roll, and yes, even pop, all over the world. It's been over 20 years since the band called it quits, but they are more beloved and appreciated than ever. The Ramones were not brothers, but sharing the name reinforced the uniformity and power of the band and its music. Taking the stage in nearly identical torn jeans and leather jackets, they were a band of uniformed brothers with guitarist Johnny, lead singer Joey, and original bassist Dee Dee forming a powerful and impenetrable forward presence as they bashed out the wall of sound that was their music. And behind it all, original drummer Tommy laid down his powerful backbeat, keeping the whole thing on track. Dee Dee quit in 1989 and was replaced by CJ, who brought talent and youthful exuberance to the band. Tommy left in 1978 and was replaced by Marky, who in turn was replaced by Richie in 1983. He returned to the fold in 1987 after a little drop-in from Blondie's drummer, Clem Burke. But what always remained constant was the dominating presence of the lead singer, Joey, and guitarist, Johnny Ramone. Despite serious animosities, they stuck it out for over 20 years. The Ramones played over 2,200 shows and recorded 14 studio albums. That, my friends, is what makes a legacy, and that's what we're going to discuss today. My guest is Monty A. Melnick. Monty was a close associate of the band for the entirety of their career, and he has a perspective that no one else has. We talked about all things Ramones, and he was kind enough to share his unique insights into what made this band tick. So, Monty, welcome to the show. Glad to be here, Monty. <laughs> yes, yes. people will have to get used to the two Montys, won't they? Yes. I want to give uh, you a chance to introduce yourself, maybe talk about your role in the Ramones story. Okay, well, Monty Melnick here. I was the Ramones tour manager for over 20 years, roughly over 2,200 shows. I was there from the beginning of their, their career to the end of their career. Uh, I also wrote a book on the road with the Ramones, well, it's a great book. I've read it a number of times, and uh, I've, I've recommended it to many people. What I would like to do today is talk a little bit about the Ramones' legacy. They still seem to me very relevant and very important. So I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about what is it that makes the music so enduring? I think the Ramones were kind of like the Johnny Appleseeds of punk rock, rock music. Because uh, when they first went around playing all over the country and overseas, they went to these small places, small cities, and uh, these kids saw them, and and they saw that uh, what the Ramones were doing wasn't that uh, hard to do. I mean, and they didn't need, need to be like a real instrumental genius on your instrument or anything. Uh, and so they, a lot of uh, kids saw them, and they started a lot of bands. So um, a lot of bands give them credit. U2, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Metallica. They all came and saw the Ramones and uh, started groups and became bigger than the Ramones. They really had a unique sound, didn't they? Well, I mean, the the term punk came about after they started playing uh, 
I mean, they were, they always were influenced by pop music. They listened to all sorts of different music, The Who, Cream, all sorts of music, and uh, more poppy stuff. And, well, of course, they grew up on Iggy, Iggy and MC5, so they got the raw sound from that. And uh, the punk scene came in at CBGBs, and they got tagged with that, that line. I say their music is poppy, too. I mean, the, the song Blitzkrieg Bach with Hey Ho, Let's Go was a chant that they, they were inspired by, believe it or not, the, the Bay City Rollers who had a chant, you know, Saturday Night chant. They said, hey, we like that song, and let's make a song that's with a chant in it. And they came up with Hey Ho, Let's Go, Blitzkrieg Bop. So they were influenced by the Bay City Rollers, of all people. they were asked to describe their music, what would they say? Just a, a, a rock band. They didn't like any labels, really. Well, the one thing that was always consistent, it, it was just this absolute intensity in how they played the music. Well, they kept that, yeah, they, they, they worked on that intensity. That was, that was a purpose, purposeful thing that they worked on. And uh, the songs were short and intense on purpose. And no doubt the root of that was their guitarist, Johnny Ramone. You know, Johnny's guitar style was he he hated any lead guitar so he's all basically heavy rhythm guitars, you know, and very fast he had developed that style with a downstroke. You know, that's that was his uh, trademark. Took practice, it didn't start you know, <laughs> he practiced it. They worked hard, you know. People don't realize that they really practiced a lot and worked hard on their music. I mean, when they first started, I mean, they were raw, raw, raw. So it took a, you know, a year or two to really develop into the, the working Ramones out there, you know. People still love Joey, and for all his faults, I think people still really love Johnny. Of course. Oh, people love Johnny. He, he was a hard taskmaster, and he wasn't, you know, the smiling guy. He was uh, serious, and he gave you that scowl. If you look at most of his pictures, he ain't not smiling, you know what I mean? He kept the group with a tight fist. They put out some fantastic records, which I'm sure you would agree would be a big part of the legacy, but they never really sold all that well, did they? I mean, they couldn't sell records. They couldn't sell albums. They tried and tried and tried, different producers over the years, and uh, they just couldn't sell all these albums that they wanted, so they it was more of a touring band. That's how they made their money and kept going. Touring, touring, touring. It's never boring. That's one of the Ramon songs. And they played at a really high level for 20 years. Yes, they did. <laughs> uh, you know, how many how many marriage, marriages last that long with between, you know, people say Johnny and Joey, but, you know, they stuck together because of the music, not because they really, at that the end, I mean, they were friends when they first started for years, but it wasn't as bad as people say it was. They kept together because they realized the music was more important than them killing each other and fighting. 
it developed that they didn't like each other and they kept kept away from each other, but they worked with each other because they had to. They had, they had to make the albums and they had to get out on stage. And they realized when they were on stage, it was something else. Uh, do you play any instruments? Uh, I play some drums. So you know what it's like when you when you go on stage and, and you're feeding back and the audience is feeding to you. It's like a high. And they got the incredible highs because they got these massive audiences all over the world. And they, you know, they didn't want to lose that. And they kept on, they realized the music was more important than them, uh, having fights so that they developed a, uh, a business more relationship and didn't socialize. Yeah, this is towards towards the end. I mean, in the beginning of the year, when they first started, they were friends. And yet they spent a lot of time together in those uh, small vans. Not all the time. I mean, we had different, we had, if you look at my book, there's buses in there. We had buses, we had vans, we had station wagons. But what we developed towards the end is in the, in the States, in the Europe, we went, went, on, went on buses. I didn't drive in Europe or overseas. But in the States, we, they developed a little system where we we go out to, like, to Los Angeles. We fly there, have the van driven out there by the crew. And then uh, we do like two weeks in Los Angeles, uh, in, in, in the um, West Coast area. And then we come back to New York. And we could do that easier in a van. And, of course, it saved money, you know, because buses are very, very expensive. And to, to make it economical on a bus, you got to sleep on a bus a lot. And they didn't like sleeping on the buses. Neither did I. So it was more economical to be in a van, do a quick couple-of-week tour in, in different uh, sections of the country, come back to New York, back and forth, and then do it in a van. That was later on. I mean, in, in the beginning, we had buses and all sorts of different transportation. And you're the guy that oversaw the whole operation. Well, as a tour manager, road manager. I started, well, I started from the beginning with them doing sound and roading and then road manager, tour manager. So I worked my way up, the tour manager. So you were there right from the start. Yeah, well, I'm the only one left that was there from the beginning to the end. Arturo Vega was there with me from the beginning of the Ramones career to the end of the Ramones career. Unfortunately, he passed away. I'm the only one standing left that was there from the beginning to the end. Yeah, let me knock on some wood. There we go. It is a sad part of the story that none of them are around to see their success, and it also makes your book all that much more important. Oh, yeah, that's why I wrote the book. It's all in there, my my perspective of what happened. And even to this day, there's a real passion for this band, isn't there? Well, yeah, I'd, <laughs> I'd say a lot of bands get that same passion. I mean, there's always fans of bands, you know, that are out there that are going crazy. But they did have a good following, and because they played so much, they were a touring band. We came back to areas and cities and countries that over and over again so they developed a big fan base in a lot of places that's what helped and they really had a pretty fanatical base in south america so, yeah for some crazy reason basically argentina brazil even chile they hit a key with the fans down there they, they became fanatic the word fan fanatic then they became like an unbelievable they, so they got a taste of what it's like to be a huge super group down there they were mobbed down there which they didn't really like because they wanted to walk around the streets and do stuff and they couldn't. It was hard. Well, they loved the music of the Ramones, and they were really strong personalities, too. Yeah, no matter who was in the band. I mean, you know, Richie, CJ, uh, Marky, Tommy. There was always the Ramones. There was four of them. Whatever the Ramones group showed up, the people loved it. CJ, when he came in to replace DD as the bassist, that really seemed to give a shot in the arm to the whole outfit. Oh, he's terrific. He really came in and, and, and rescued the group there and kind of gave them a year's of extra life at the end there. Oh, my God. It was, it was amazing. They had to suck their stomachs in to keep up with them. It was an amazing thing for a kid from Long Island, a nobody, to get into the major band that he loved and continue on in it, you know. And he realized he had a good opportunity there, and he, he rode with it. And he still is. I mean, he's still out there. There's three Ramones out there right now touring. Marky, 
Richie CJ. They all have groups and they're all out there. Yeah, they all have their own little uh, elements of uh, the Ramones aspect of it. I mean, of course, they'll never be the Ramones again because, I mean, the core of the Ramones basically was Johnny and Joey. And that's why they kept that pretty rock solid over the years because Johnny and Joey were base rock of the band. I guess if, you know, when, when Joey, when they split up, they don't have Johnny and Joey together. I mean, it's, it's okay with CJ and Richie and Marky, but it's not the Ramones, really. Speaking of Richie, it sometimes seems to me that people don't give him quite as much credit as perhaps they should. When he came in, he really added a lot to the group because he he was singing and um, his songwriting and uh, and his drumming was great. So he, when uh, Mark uh, disappeared there for a bit, uh, he came in and uh, again uh, pulled the Ramones together. Johnny sometimes seems a bit dismissive of him, which always surprises me. Well, Johnny wasn't happy when when he the way he left. You know, the Ramones being a touring band, uh, a lot of the money they made was merchandising. He felt he wasn't getting a fair share of that. So instead of really working it out with them he just decided to abruptly quit so we were playing like long island this club in long island and the dressing room led right to the back alley there and uh, right after the show we hit off stage walks out the back door there's a limo there jumped into the limo and disappeared and we had a bunch of shows set up and it was a rough period he left on a bad note that's why john was a little pissed off and then came clem burke for two shows well yeah because i mean we had a bunch of sh big shows the ritz in new york and a bunch of shows lined up and we didn't really want to cancel him. Uh, uh, and uh, at the time, uh, Blondie was being managed by the same manager, Gary Kerfurst, as the Ramones, and uh, the, they weren't doing anything at the time. They weren't together. So Gary Kerfurst says, oh, yeah, Clem's here. Go join the group. It's easy. <laughs> it's not that easy. It's not that easy. I mean, eventually, like when Marky came in, Tommy left. Tommy worked with Marky for a while to get the specific style because Tommy wasn't a guitar wasn't a drummer he was a guitar player but he was a great musician and uh, the original group was three pieces at the time when Tommy came in well, he just wanted a manager group and it was like Joey on drums and Dee Dee singing and Johnny playing guitar and Dee Dee wasn't hacking it so he pulled Joey off the drums and that was a good move because Joey had a great voice and they started looking for drummers but they couldn't find anybody that it was so raw and at the beginning, and nobody could understand what was going on with them. But Tommy, being a great musician, would sat, sit in and say, play like this. Eventually, they said, well, why don't you just join the group? So he kind of developed that drumming style. Well, he played multiple instruments, but basically he was a guitar player. So when Marky came, when Tommy decided to leave, and he said, okay, I'll produce now. And, and he brought, they brought Marky, who was a great drummer. He had a history, Dustin, Richard Helen, you know, he's a great drummer. But it took a while to get the groove. So unfortunately, when Richie left and um, Clem came in, it, he didn't have enough time to really fit in properly. I mean, he was okay, but it, with the problem with the Ramones is any little ding or attitude thing or not quite in sync, you notice it, you know, because it's so fast and tight. So, I mean, Clem tried his best, and but Marky, luckily, Marky was back in shape after going to AA and all that, and he pulled it back and came back in the group, and that was great. Marky took what Tommy created and made it completely his own. I mean, there's no one who can play the 16th note beats as consistently and rapidly and reliably as Marky. Absolutely. He's a great drummer. They all are. Oh, yeah. Well, they're all different. Tommy, Richie, and Marky all had their distinctive different styles, but they all slotted into the Ramones very nicely in their own way. It seems like now they're recognized for what they did, but it's a sad story that none of them really got to see it. Well, they're so much bigger now than they were when I was there, when they were together. But my, this is the thousand and one time I'll say this. 
my line here is if the Ramones were this big when I was working for them, I would have gotten a big raise. They're in commercials all over the place. They're in movie sound checks all over the place. They couldn't get into those things when they were around. Every time you go to a baseball game or a football game, whatever, people are chanting, hey, oh, let's go. I mean, that's out there. You know, that's that's a shame that the four originals are not here to see this incredible fame they have. And they are re-releasing each of the albums as they hit the 40th anniversary of their original release, I, re- I believe. No, yeah, they're releasing all of them slowly in box sets. I think there's three, three of them out now, or four. They're going to release all every one of them in a box set. And you were really the glue that held them all together. Yeah. I mean, you know, I kept them out there on the road, and it wasn't an easy task doing that. You know, because we, we, they didn't have a, you know, they weren't a huge super band where I had a lot of money to fool around with, you know? So I had to be pretty tight with the, the hotels and traveling and expenses and crews and all that. So, sure, I'm happy I was there. I, I'm, I'm very happy. Anything you would have done differently? Yeah, having the radio stations play them more and them becoming a bigger group. I, if I could have changed that, I would have. But me personally, no. I, everything I did was I was happy with, basically. And the whole experience impacted your life pretty significantly. I think that's fair to say. It definitely has. It still has. I mean, I'm talking to you now about the Ramones. Well, how many years later is it? They retired in 1996, for God's sake. Monty, no one has your perspective, and thank you for sharing it. No problem, Monty. Keep on rocking, my friend. Okay. Gabba gabba hey. Gabba gabba hey, indeed. Thank you again, Monty. And let me welcome all of those who tuned in to hear Monty, all you Ramones fans out there. If you enjoyed the podcast, this is what we do. We talk to all kinds of interesting people about all kinds of interesting things. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast. Go ahead and give it a good review, all those good things. Share the episode with your friends. I'm going to leave you with a little song that they did on one of their later albums entitled Mondo Bizarro, which they wrote for the fans. It's going to be all right. So enjoy the tune. See you next time. So glad.